Hey friend, are you struggling to find consistent paid speaking gigs? Do you want to know the exact six steps that you can take to find and book more paid speaking opportunities in 2024? Well, we want to make that easy for you. We've created a new free resource with the help of Dan Irvin, one of our highly successful speakers on our team. Dan has booked over $100,000 in paid speaking gigs in the last few years, and his six-step process is going to help you maximize your chances of getting booked and paid to speak in any industry. You're going to learn how to get started prospecting, master discovery calls, and proposal emails and so much more. All you got to do is go to thespeakerlab.com slash steps and we're going to send you this 18-page guide straight to your inbox. Again, that is thespeakerlab.com slash steps and you're going to get that free guide. Hey, thanks for listening. You're awesome. What's up, friends? Grant Baldwin here. So glad to have you here with us for another awesome episode of the Speaker Lab podcast. Now, one of the best parts of our student experience here at the Speaker Lab is the coaching that is integrated into our programs. And our team has the experience and expertise that it takes to help our students gain confidence, clarity, and follow that clear path to their own speaking success. And so during our Coaches Corner podcast series, you're going to have the opportunity to hear from our Director of Student Success, Mary Alice Goldsmith, and a member of our coaching team. So whether you are at the very beginning of your speaking journey or or a well-seasoned veteran in the industry. Regardless, our coaches are meeting you where you're at and equipping you to take you to the next level. So I'm gonna hand the mic over to them and I know that you're gonna love hearing from our coaches. So let's get right into it, enjoy. All right, I'm so excited today to welcome Katherine Johnson to the Coach's Corner podcast. How you doing today, Katherine? Yeah, I'm doing well. I'm happy to be here with you, Mary Alice. Yeah. So Catherine joined our team in September and, but you have been coaching for quite some time. And so I'm excited to, to deep dive on, on this particular topic. I think you're going to shed a lot of light on this. And so, um, Today, we're going to be talking about the art and science of executive presence. And hang on with us because it might not mean what you think it means. How to build trust, connection, and influence before you say a word. Spicy. All right. So, yeah. So let, let's deep dive because we don't want to lose people who are like, well, I don't speak to executives or leaders. Let, let's really like break this down. When you, when you talk about executive presence, what do you actually mean by that? Right. Executive presence in many ways is a, is a misnomer because people can can wrongly assume this is only for someone with a certain title or in a certain industry. No, executive presence is about the constellation of cues that people use to evaluate whether we have credibility, whether they see us as a leader, um, and, and how they perceive our capabilities. So it's really under that category of first impressions. And it's not about whether we have it or not, all the credibility. It's if people perceive it. So it's in many ways, it's the way you're communicating before you even say a word. Hmm. Which is interesting because when let, let's take our, our speakers who have to do a lot of email outreach and uh, phone conversations. How how can they elevate this executive presence when they're when they're in those scenarios? Because there's there's people who are listening who are like, but I have to say a word. I'm on the phone. <laughs> so if we look at those if we look at those cues, so in terms of communication, you know, we do have verbal communication. We have nonverbal. We have written communication. Um, 
And when you're starting that outreach, it's being really intentional about like, how are you positioning yourself? But also, what is the tone of your communication? You know, how, how does it feel to be on the receiving end? It's, it's in many ways similar to when we talk about with your talk, you know, making sure that as a speaker, it isn't all about you. It's about what's in it for the audience. And so as you show up as a, as a leader and the leader of your business and a professional speaker in that outreach and how you um, how you connect, let's say, in those first phone conversations or the in the written, you know, written communication what does it feel like to be on the receiving end of your communication? Is there warmth? You know, I look at these two questions that, that research shows are the two questions we use just in microseconds. We're trying to answer them. Can I trust this person and can I respect this person's capability? So you need to be, as a speaker, when you're doing outreach, looking at where is the warmth showing up, that warmth and humanity and connection, and where does my credibility come across and that I'm a professional? And you're looking for both of those. It is not an and or. It's like we have to look at you as a three-dimensional person and all the ways you're showing up in the world. It's written. It's online. It's, you know, from the stage. It's virtually. All these places. And you're constantly being intentional about where is my warmth? You know, where do I build the trust? And where is the credibility? Because you have to have both. But the thing is, strength without warmth comes across as a threat. Like we're talking neuroscience and just basic like human response to things because we are that part of our brain is looking. We have to trust someone before we see their strength as an asset. Yeah. So an example, you know, one of the things we do here at the Speaker Lab is we help our students by reviewing their emails. Like if a student reaches out and says, you know, I've sent 10 emails, I haven't gotten a response. My first thing is, let me let me see those emails, you know, so I'll review the emails. I'm sure you have as well. And I always flag an email that, um, and and this kind of goes to what you're saying in terms of being overly strong and not having that warmth, um, emails that are like, Hey, you know, um, I'm a phenomenal speaker. I've been speaking for 25 years. I know I can crush this talk. I see your convention on this. And I got like that right away. They're like, okay, (laughs) okay. The receiver is going to have some red flags and may even put up some alarms naturally in their mind that this person's a little overly arrogant or cocky about being the best speaker for our event when we already have 12 amazing speakers lined up. So what would be the opposite for a good example for people who are listening? How do you add some more warmth and depth and connection into something like that? And the outreach, like an email? Yeah. You know, one is making sure that you're showing up. I call it, I call it palms open. Like you're showing up also that your business is about service. I am passionate about serving this type of audience or, you know, helping elevate this, this in, in the conversations we're having. And you, you show up in that way, not, hey, get to know me because I'm this, this and this. That there's a we have to really uh, build up our, our emotional intelligence and understand that energetic exchange that's happening when you're trying to start building a relationship. How, how, what are the differences when you're actually having a conversation with someone? If you were in, 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 in the flesh with another person and they came up with that energy that you were describing. Yeah. You just shut down. Like there is, this is not a reciprocal two way kind of conversation that I'm being invited into. 
mm-hmm. versus the type of language that shows the humanity. You might talk more about your why, just a sentence or two, you know, after you check in with them, boy, this look, this event looks great. This is what I'm passionate about. You might position yourself with some of the things you've done in the past and then, you know, ask what are they looking for or how do you go about this? But don't just come in and like like a bulldozer, you know, it's a, that's why it's an art and a science. Like the art part is you have to really feel into and every conversation is a little different and you've got to find your way with it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. And I, I, we often talk to our students about, you know, the, the phone conversation and how, um, they hate to sell themselves and selling is not their strong suit. And I was like, well, Lucky you, you don't have to sell. You have to have a simple conversation. And I think we we lose sight of that when money's involved, right? We feel like we have to really sell ourselves and really sell our, our strengths and how we can make an impact. And and honestly, on those conversations and, and speaking to this is you really need to listen to what the needs of that event planner are so that you can meet them in the yes. middle. Yes. And, and really make them feel confident in working with you. It's so, so incredibly important. Yes. It's like the difference between thinking that you have to use that phone call to be like the WWF announcer of like, here I come and I'm going to crush it. And, and honestly, that starts to kick up imposter syndrome because you're like, oh my gosh, I'm having to play that I am this larger than life. And and you might start to think, can I really? And then you start to get this like tension inside of yourself that starts to eat away at your presence, right? Because now Mm -hmm. you're, you know, that shifts in your mindset. So coming from a place of curiosity, let me really get to know this, what this event planner is putting together, what their needs are, hear about their audience. That intention of leading with listening and curiosity does build trust, right? Because they're able to settle in and actually sit with you and not, when someone comes on strong, you start to put up barriers and, oh, I don't want to let this person in too much, or it's like overwhelming. And so it's like, you're making it harder than it needs to be. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, um, what do they say when you're having a fight with your partner? Like if we just all just stop fighting and just said, okay, what I hear you saying, right. And like, it kind of just breaks down any of the emotional, uh, tension and starts the engagement of actually just listening. And so, you know, that might be a great little tip for people who are struggling with this to just say, okay, so from what I'm hearing, you need this. Yes. Yes. Absolutely. The other the other element that I want to acknowledge in this is when we think we have to we have this one chance, right? Instead of thinking of it as I'm developing a relationship or a connection and this is step one, right? This is the handshake, this is the the getting to know you. When we put all that pressure on, we tend we can do one thing uh, which is armor up right? Which is, okay, I've got to become this invincible, you know, superpower, all this stuff. And so you armor up because you're focused more around showing up powerfully than showing up authentically to connect. And that's another thing that cuts trust and connection, right? So we can be armored in our language. We can be armored in our visual presence. We can be armored in our body language. There's a lot of different ways speakers put up armor and that's a that's a form of disconnect. Mm-hmm. And w- do you think that's just fear that, that, 
that's driving that, like fear of like, if I don't prove that I'm amazing, then I'm going to miss this opportunity. Yes. It's a, it's a, it comes from fear and it comes from, I've got to prove myself. It can come from imposter syndrome sitting in there. So you, you swing over into this like performance aspect, you hype yourself up so much into a role that it's not authentic. And as human, if, if there's something we're really good at, it's about finding cognitive dissonance, which is there's a disconnect between what you're saying and how you're behaving. And so we're just like, something's off about this person. Can't always put our finger on it. But we know. So as you're meeting event planners, potential, you know, audience uh, decision makers, those first impressions are key. And I think um, you were you were just saying something about the cognizant uh, dissonance. And, and it's so critical that we practice these things. Right. It's like if you if you stay behind your computer and you don't get out into the world and network and go to, you know, Toastmasters or BNIs or uh, speaking conferences and events, it's a skill, actually. And if you don't exercise it, you will you will uh, quickly not know how to connect when you're in person with people because it, it doesn't come so naturally. And I think after COVID and all of us staying behind screens, um, it's something we all have to refresh. Yes, it's gotten rusty over the, the course of uh, COVID and the pandemic because we, we weren't out there connecting. I mean, in many ways, I'm like, wow, conversations are so clunky at first for me now, you know, like, but, you know, having a growth mindset means that as a speaker, you're like, this is a muscle I'm going to build. It, it may feel clunky and uncomfortable now, but, you know, this is where the money is. This is where your business gets built. And to learn how to do it in a way that's authentic to you, which means, so I'm more introvert. I'm like a social introvert, right? But I'm more introverted. And so, you know, a pitfall for me is to look at networking events that are filled with extroverts. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I have to be that? That looks exhausting and I dread it and all that. So it was learning how, what networking looks like for me and building that muscle, but still seeing I need to get to a place where I am connecting. I'm comfortable talking about myself. I still always lead with curiosity. You ask people about themselves, eventually they're going to ask you back about you. You don't jam yourself onto somebody. But I learned how to do it for myself. So it's like, everybody needs to first have that self-awareness. So you're not just comparing yourself. There isn't one type of networker. And it isn't the extrovert who just loves talking to people and going out there and wants to fill their day with it. There's, there's a whole spectrum. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, I think too, like the, the fear of failure, the fear of people not accepting you, the fear of, um, not being accepted, same thing, uh, can really hold, hold you back. But if you're going to run a business, like a speaking business, you have to overcome that. And it sounds, you know, like that kind of sounds mean, like, sorry, you're gonna have to get over it. But what are some ways that people can turn that fear into more curiosity, curiosity of the people they're engaging with and curiosity too. Like I would challenge people, get really curious about where this fear is coming from. And is it true that you should have this fear? Really ask yourself that, you know, um, when you feel it coming up, is it an old story that you're investing in or is an experience that happened that, you know, kind of like that PTSD of, of, 
of your past, um, because those are, those are real things and they, they are not something to, um, just, just kind of get over. But so get curious about where is this fear coming from? And if this was to come true, if somebody wasn't going to accept you, if they weren't going to, if they don't say yes to you about this particular event, or you, you're at a networking experience, you walk up to a circle and you get shunned, will you survive? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I see two dimensions of presence, you know, and what you're talking about there is, yeah, there's an inner game of presence and that's your mindset and that's understanding yourself and what are your own ways that you self-sabotage? What are the hurdles? Where do they come from? Like that kind of excavation is is critical to, to do as a, as a speaker for your, you're the face of your business, you know, and if you're, if there's going to be ways you're going to get in your own way, don't you, don't you want to know sooner than later so you can find the antidote to that? And then there's the external game of presence, which is that outer game is like, how do you show up in the world? How, what is the, the face of the business that you bring forward? And is it communicating exactly what's aligned for your message and your brand? So with that inner game, the self-awareness is key. And it's also, Finding that source, because, you know, I'll, I'll give you an example. When I started, you know, almost 10 years ago, some of my biggest gremlins and, and critical thoughts were like, oh, they're going to, who am I to say this, right? Who do I think I am? And that there were always going to be these critics in the front row that could just like po poke apart anything I said and challenge it as if I had to be the inventor of that information. I had to be the researcher. I had to it, I wasn't allowed to like aggregate it and have, you know, have something to say. And when I really thought about who I was most afraid of, it was like two faces, two critical people I'd had in my life. And they weren't even my ideal audience. But I was making all kinds of decisions and, and playing small at times because of those fear of those two critical voices that were literally not a reality. Like they were so far from the past. So we have to look at those, you know, it, it's not enough to just be on the science side of our business or the proven formula and just do these steps. There is a whole world right under the surface that is also impacting the kinds of behaviors and the ways you show up. And when you want to be a professional and have greater visibility, let's not let those hide in the shadows, like make sure you know what they are. And then yeah, kind of shine a light and blow them up. So they quit interfering. Yeah, I mean, do you think that that's one of the things that prevents people from getting to that, you know, uh, level of executive presence, the inside? Mm, yes, yes. Like when I so when I run, I've run programs and worked with speakers for a really long time. And it, one of the first questions is, who are you now? Like that inner game and getting really clear on who are you now? What is your message? How do you want to show up? What are the qualities you want to embody? Because if we just start with the external, we're just putting you into a costume. You're performing. It is not authentic. And you've got to get clear on that inner game first. And also shed some of those old versions of yourself, Right. So let's say someone's like, well, I had 20 years, you know, in the in the private sector within companies, but they're stepping into this next chapter of their life and they're a speaker and they, you know, they're branching into a bigger arena. There's things that they have to shed and let go, even if it, it might even be like outdated clothing and like suits that just kind of make them feel outdated. 
to the thinking, right? They, if they came from a very structured kind of hierarchical place, they're now an entrepreneur. They get to choose what they want to wear. <laughs> yeah. They get to choose and they need to make sure it's aligned for who they are now. Are they showing up as relevant and credible? So there's so many decisions to make. And ultimately, that's what I want people to have is to realize they have choice in the matter. If you're not making decisions, then you're just leaving it to somebody else to formulate their own decision about who you are. If you're not really clear and intentional. Yeah, that is so powerful what you just said. And I, I think... I think what can happen, especially for a new entrepreneur who's building out their business, you get so caught up in the mechanics of building the business, you forget to continue to work on yourself. And personal development is critical for the evolution of yourself and and for the evolution of your business. Um, you know, I think a lot of entrepreneurs, their business outgrows them. And, or they stay so stuck that they force the business to stay, to stay stuck. And so working on that inner presence, that inner being of who you are is so, so important, so important for the, for the growth of yourself and for the growth of your business, for sure. Um, all right. So let's talk about the, um, using executive presence, um, looking at yourself in terms of like leadership, because as a speaker who's running their own business, you are a leader, but understanding how do we, how can we understand how executive presence, um, is a part of the winning formula of a successful speaking business? The, the way that I understand it, you know, and I, I try to get, I don't try, I, I, I make sense of it for, for speakers is this is a component that is always it's always working. There's no like, it's never off, right? And so having it be part of your your winning formula is doing what we were just talking about, that work around being clear about what is your, your brand, how you want to show up, and then looking at the different ways that gets communicated across the different channels in your business, okay? And, you know, I think that's why it's, step one in our programs, right? The module is that really defining some things for yourself around, you know, your why, who are you, who's your audience? What is the outcome? You need this clarity and then figure out, so what is the, what is the way I deliver that, right? Who am I being? And then we start to look in these different channels of where you show up. So whether it's on your website, it's in the way that you're going to be communicating, the way you're networking, how are you setting up your, you know, your virtual stage so that as people see you, again, it's easy for them to get accurate first impressions. So it's deconstructing it, but by being intentional, you then get all this momentum working for you. Right. The hardest thing is when there's that cognitive dissonance. It doesn't mean people can't eventually, you know, you can't eventually connect. But it's like, why would you make it harder for them? Because what we know is if your executive president isn't working for you and people have a perception that you're not credible or you're, you know, you're not professional. Um, they always go with their, no matter what your words say, the verbal brain and the nonverbal brain, when there's cognitive dissonance, we trust our nonverbal read of people. That's like much more instinctual. 
So when, like, just to tie this back to where we started, if you come in and you're like, I'm the best, I'm this, I've got all these things, but their read is that something is often inauthentic about you, they'll trust the inauthentic no matter what all the bullets on your resume say, how great your abstract is. So it's part of the winning success of, of your business because you are the face of your business. You can't just outsource it to other components. You have to embody it. Yeah. And this is, this is part of branding, right? Like if you're a, a button down uh, shirt hanging out with jeans, be that. If you are a suit or, you know, very, very finely dressed, be that. But it, it, you know, people are like, why does that matter? Well, this is why, right? Because if, if I'm at a networking event and I see you dressed to the nines and you're polished and professional, and then I go to your website and you're like in ripped jeans and a tank top with your hair and a high ponytail, I'm like, Hmm, wait a minute. I'm not sure this is all connecting the puzzles off, right? It's confusing. It, a confused brain breaks down no like and trust. Yeah. I'll tell you an example. I worked with a speaker for, for many years, and she was already very successful. Um, she came from law federal law enforcement. She had a fantastic message, fantastic resume. And she would dress in these very expensive suits, all black, buttoned up. Um, she is a very dominant, uh, direct communication style. It's all fine, but when we looked at that constellation of cues, everything was strength. Everything was strength and power. And her message, and she couldn't figure out why she wasn't getting traction and people to then buy her, you know, five five figure coaching packages, the power of vulnerability and leadership. There was nothing about her that was communicating openness, approachability, or vulnerability. And we took off her really heavy, thick black glasses that, again, created a one more level of, of armor between her. We changed the colors of the clothes, the styles, everything. We did not change anything else. We changed her visual presence. And it immediately elevated her where people connected with her in such a different way. Yeah, I mean, that's a, that's a great... Um great message that you just shared. And for any of you that are feeling that struggle in the business where you're like, I've done all this work, the website's done, I, you know, I have a brand, but nothing's connecting, really take a bird's eye view. Is everything congruent? Is, the, is, is how you showing up congruent from website to events, to phone calls, to emails? And this is one of the things that, you know, it's how speakers go from ordinary to extraordinary, right? Is they look at everything. They stay curious and ask for help because it's hardest for us to see ourselves. We're so close, right? We can't, it's hard for us to see ourselves and we're carrying whatever chapter of our life we're in, we're carrying that many versions of ourselves. So getting an outside perspective, one that someone you trust and respect because it's a sensitive topic. How we show up is, is like we're, we feel very exposed and vulnerable. But that's what sets those speakers apart is they realize whether or not I like it, this matters. No, that, that's great advice. Coaching, other uh, speakers. I, I do get cautious about um, getting speaking or branding advice from people who don't understand what you're doing because it could be a little tricky, you know, there. Yes, going for professional advice. Yeah. 
You have to go for people who know what they're talking about. Yeah. Most, most people close to you would be like, why are you doing this? <laughs> why, why do you want to get this side hustle going? So you, you do have to be cautious about where you do get your, um, you know, advice and guidance from, but, uh, it is true. It's, it's, it's also very emotional when you produce a website because you're so, you're so connected to it on so many levels from the words to the images, to the colors, to all of it. Um, and it is really hard to look at it with a, um, with a like impartial connection. You're, you're connected to it, like it or not. So getting opinions and, and some professional guidance on that is really, really important. And one of the ways you can, you, I just want to mention that could be helpful for people. One of the ways when you're asking for feedback is to be clear about what it, what kind of feedback you want, right? Because, you know, I'd like help with this copy. I need it to, does it feel like it's speaking to the audience or is it too much about me? Like an example that goes for our visual presence is I, I want, I want speakers and anyone who's got high visibility to look at their clothes and say, is this framing me? Do you see me first or do you see the clothes? That's just like a very clear question. So you can turn to someone and say, do you see me first or do you see the clothes first? Because you want your clothing to be the frame. You're the, you're the masterpiece. You're the speaker. If, if your clothing is creating a distraction, then you're creating static, right? So think about that if it's advice on your website or anywhere you want it. If you can give people a little bit of guidance, it's really helpful. Excellent advice right there. Excellent advice. Because there are also those people who are like, oh, I really don't like it, but I'm not going to say it, right? Because I don't want to hurt her feelings or I don't want to hurt his feelings. But if you could outright say exactly what you're looking for, does this copy exude warmth and welcomeness or do you feel like it's, you know, arrogant and cold and and all strong about me? Yeah, I love that. Great advice. Um, Okay. So, you know, we've talked about a lot. I mean, the bottom line is really to, to, uh, um, elevate your presence with this executive presence, you know, there's a skill around it. Right. Um, but the whole goal being trust connection, uh, and influence before you even speak. And so I just want to bring it full circle. I'm a speaker. I'm trying to figure all of this out and I'm listening to this going, oh, now there's another thing I have to worry about right? Why should I pay attention to this podcast? Why should I pay attention to, you know, really working on personal development, my inner presence and my outer presence? Why does it all matter? It matters because you are, your brand is for your speaking business, right? It matters because you're passionate about your message. You're passionate about helping people and the impact you want to have. If people can't hear you, if you're making it harder for them, then you're literally hiding in plain sight, whether you're hiding behind armor or you're hiding behind a lack of of credibility and, and seeming like a professional, whatever it is, you can't get out there. You're not making the impact you want to have. So that's that's why you should pay attention. No, it's so important because the more you pay attention to, um, you know, elevating your presence, both inner and outer, the more people are going to feel drawn to you and executive, um, uh, event planners, not executive planners, but event planners, they want, they want people who are easy to work with. They want people who get 
the mission of what they're doing. And so if, if your executive presence, if you show up and really present to them this no like and trust through your, your essence of who you are, that's really important. And, and we're not, we're not saying go change who you are. We're, we're saying be true to who you are and don't overly try to sell it to someone else because when it naturally connects, it's so much more profound and better. The more intentional you are and the more authentic you are, the more confident you are. So when we talk about outcomes, why you should do it, it means that you will go out there and you will be able to connect with people from a place of confidence because you know that you're aligned and congruent. You're not having to force yourself. You know, if an event planner comes across someone and it feels like they're trying too hard, again, they may not be able to put their finger on where it is, but whether it's that pushing yourself on it or you've hyped yourself up in a way that's just like outrageous, you know, it's you're creating this disconnect because they can sense you're trying too hard, where if you're not if you're confident who you are, there's room for the conversation. You've made room to build a, a reciprocal relationship with this event planner or decision maker. You know, they don't feel this pressure of like, it's do it now, like bye, 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 bye. Or, you know, the WWF like coming out, you know, you want to, you want to feel kind of dignified and have some grace in, in it. It's less of a sale and more of an opportunity. And in an opportunity, you you want to make sure that it, there is actually an opportunity. So that opens up the door for a conversation. Where a sale, you're very focused on the outcome. You want this because it's great, because I made it, and this is how it works. Where as a speaker, and this should be great news for everyone, you really are offering an opportunity of impact. And if that opportunity, if the impact doesn't align, then the opportunity is not there. But if you, if you show up in that way of authenticity and confidence and, and really um, the skill of listening, very powerful, very important in these calls, um, you'll understand, and, and so will the event planner, if this is an actual opportunity. And guess what? If it's not an opportunity, nine times out of 10, that event planner may know someone that you would be a better opportunity for, and they'll refer you because they had such a great connection with you. So drop the sale create the opportunity. And, uh, I think you'll, it'll go along much long way. So any, anything else you, you want to add to this? Okay. There's one last thing. And this is because it comes up all the time and you, you alluded to it a little bit, but there's the, there's the person who says, well, why can't I just be like Zuckerberg and wear my t-shirt or why can't I be like Steve jobs and wear the same black turtleneck every time? That's, I get that so much. And while I want to acknowledge there's something about, yes, I want there to be a uniform and there's a simplicity and a consistency. If you're building your brand, uh, Mark Zuckerberg, I will just say, is not in like a Hanes t-shirt. He's in like a Bruno Cuccinelli t-shirts, which he spends hundreds of dollars on. So it's a highly curated, relaxed look. Okay. Steve Jobs, his black tronics, it took him a while until he fell into that uniform. Those are specially made for him. And he also is spending a lot of money on having them tailored and you know all that. So sure, if you want to aspire to that, great. But you have to look at where you are now. And if you aren't Steve Jobs or Mark Zuckerberg and have that notoriety, then 
you may have to do some other things. You can't just give up and say, well, I don't want to. I'm just going to do this. Because again, then you're handing over something that you could be in control of, which is your first impression. And you're giving, you're giving up that opportunity. So I just want people, if they fall into that category, to really check themselves to make sure they aren't opting out of something in terms of determining their, their, their presence and the impact they have and what they communicate. Yeah, that's very important. That's very important. That's that whole, your chapter one to Steve Jobs, chapter 75. <laughs> Definitely check yourself before you wreck yourself there for sure. Yes. Great advice. Great advice. And that goes back to what we were talking about before, where if I land on your website or if I meet you at a networking event, then I land on your website, please make it consistent, you know, and if it is jeans and a well put together jean outfit, that's, that's fine. Totally fine. Um, I would actually prefer you be who you really are and it represents the brand. Um, but you know, if you want to be in these top fortune 500 companies and you're coming in with ripped jeans might not fly. Just saying. That's part of your, your executive presence is the ability to read a room and to read your audience. That's considered part of your gravitas. Yeah, that, that's great advice. The consistency, um, first impression, uh, really showing up with that authenticity and, and that confidence that comes from being authentic. That's everything to do with your executive presence. And so, um, you know, if you're a student at the Speaker Lab, definitely connect with Catherine on a coaching call if you want to go deeper into this. Um, and I think there's a ton of books out there. You know, if you're really struggling with this, there are a ton of books continue to work on your personal development. There are thousands of people who have gone before us that are 10 to 1,000 steps ahead of us that can really help you tap into to this. So before we end, I want to just do a quick little rapid fire, get to know you type of thing. No, no crazy questions, very simple. Um, if you had a choice and you can go to one of these three places, which would it be? Beach, mountains, or lake? Beach. All right. First thing you would do if you won a million dollars in the lottery. Oh, I'd take my kids on a trip. Where? Where would you go? Where would you go? I think we'd go to the Caribbean. It's kind of far from where we live on the West Coast. And so uh, they love the idea of those crystal, crystal clear waters and snorkeling and all that. So yeah, if I won, if I won the lottery, I'd probably charter a plane and get us there. Ooh, so I wouldn't have yeah. to have like a 12-hour layover somewhere. Love it. Very smart. All right. Your favorite breakfast, lunch, or dinner. And you're not cooking it by the way. Oh, thank goodness. <laughs> I love them all then. As long as I don't have to cook it, I love them all. Great answer. Oh my gosh. Okay. Uh, for a workout, what would be your top choice? A weighted workout, yoga, or a hike or run outside? Say, say them again. None of them are really exciting me. <laughs> A weight workout, lifting weights, a yoga workout, or a hike or run outside? Okay, none of the above. I want like a pickleball or a game or something that involves people and scoring, and you know, I want something like that. Okay, so pickleball. I'll, I'll meet you on the court. Um, okay, something you would love to change in this world? People's fear of not being enough. I think it, imp it impacts so many behaviors and actions. Yeah. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. That's awesome. Love it. Well, we thank you so much for your time. You're awesome. Oh, thank and, you. Uh, <laughs> if you haven't coached with Catherine, I strongly encourage you to do so. And if this has piqued your interest and you want to know more, you know, you definitely want to uh, schedule a call with Catherine. If you're not in the speaker lab as one of our elite students, what are you waiting for? Make sure you check us out. Go to thespeakerlab.com and click the link to schedule a call. Um, but Catherine, thanks so much. We really appreciate your information and your knowledge and sharing all this wisdom with, with our students. Thank you for having me, Mary Alice. I really enjoyed it. All right, there you have it. We hope you enjoyed today's episode of the Speaker Lab podcast. Now, I want you to know that we do this podcast simply because we want to serve and support speakers like you. We don't charge anything for you to listen, but in return, we do have one small favor to ask. Would you be willing to subscribe to the podcast where you're listening right now? Hit that subscribe button. Also, leave us a rating and review within iTunes or Spotify, wherever you listen to these podcasts. We read every single one of them, and they also help other people to find the show. Also, if you are looking to take the next step in growing your speaking business, be sure and check out thespeakerlab.com. Again, that is thespeakerlab.com. We've got a ton of free resources and tools there, and you can also learn more about the programs that we offer, which include one-on-one coaching. Our mission here is to help you find the confidence, clarity, and clear path that you need to own your speaking success. So again, check us out over at thespeakerlab.com. As always, we appreciate you hanging out with us and we'll catch you next time. You're awesome.